0: Welcome back. Thank you for uh, being brave and bold and trusting me for a second day. Before, before we started, uh, my really good friend, Dwight, told me that if I'm going to hand out popsicle sticks, they should have popsicles on them. But I thought I might get in trouble. So if you, uh, if you want one of those today to uh, work out your vagus nerve, uh, please come get one. So today we're going to finish up what we didn't talk about yesterday in terms of the different types of health. We're going to cover supports for immunity and then I'm going to leave a lot of time for questions. Uh, So um, make sure to think about things that come up during um, the lecture, questions that you have and I will answer them to the best of my ability. There was one Question: before we start about the oil pulling the coconut in your mouth. Somebody tried it this morning and then swallowed it. So you want to make sure if you're doing the coconut oil because it's gathering all that bacteria that you spit it out, right? Because that's really the point of it um, in terms of that, right? right. So... Let's move on from yesterday. So we're going to talk about the lymph system. And many of you may know that when people go through chemo um, or different types of uh, therapies for cancer, they might get lymphedema. And that was kind of my impression of the lymph system. You know, people get their lymph nodes removed, and then they have issues. They have swelling. They have problems. And um, I had a very dear friend that had really bad lymphedema. And so, of course, I told you all that I went to lots of conferences. And I thought, well, uh, I probably should go to a lymph conference. So that's what I did. And then I found out how important and overlooked the lymph system is. So let's, we're going to cover that now, the importance of it and what it does, and then how you can help your lymph system. So it Removes toxic waste from your body. So it's like the toxic waste dump. Um, that's really, really important, but it also is really important for your immune system. Potential cloggers for the limb system besides medical treatments are poor hydration, lack of sleep, lack of movement. And um, I don't know about any of you, but I was at the newly opened Mount Hermon gym this morning all by myself <laughs> for the last three days, <laughs> and as I was on the elliptical, I was just watching people go by and get their go to get their coffee in the morning, waving to people, and I thought, Why am I here all by myself? Right. So part of moving the lymph is getting moving in the morning, um, whether it's your morning walk. You know, going to the gym, whatever you decide to do to help that. EMFs, right? I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that today, but electromagnetic fields, 5G, we all think it's such a great thing. It creates a lot of st- internal um, stress in the body that you're not even aware of. And what was interesting was uh, a couple months ago, our Uh, Internet went out in the house. And, you know, that's really a hard thing because my business is now mostly Zoom and phone and, you know, can't have your Zoom sessions if you don't have Internet. And it was so curious to me that Jeffrey and I both slept so well (laughs) those three nights that we didn't have Wi-Fi. And we don't have Wi-Fi in the cabin that we're in and also we're, we're sleeping much better. So it creates this... Um, stress in your body that you're you're probably not even aware of, and so the recommendation for that is turn off your Wi-Fi at night. Admittedly, and we're not very good at that, but um, that is one thing to do. Or make sure you don't sleep next to your cell phone. Put it in the next room and put it on airplane mode, right? Because your cell phone's one of the major problems with EMFs. And then sensitivity, to glyphosate or Roundup, I'm going to cover that in detail later. So what are some signs of an unhealthy lymph system? Some things you may be aware of or not, insomnia, brain fog, um, digestive issues, allergies, um, fatigue, headaches, swollen legs is a big one. You know, if you're one of those people at night um, I'm actually one of those people, you know, 7, 8 o'clock at night, my legs start to swell if I'm not really good about taking care of my lymph system during the day. And lack of sweating, right? So how do you help your lymph system and, and keep that healthy and happy throughout the day? Hmm? So trampoline, they call it rebounding. You know, you can buy little trampolines, you know, you just kind of jump on it. Jeffrey's a little bit better than me at this. You know, he'll get on our trampoline a couple times a day. I, we got this lovely trampoline, and then um, a month later, I slipped and broke my patella. So I'm just getting back to that, right? But um, it's a really great way to stimulate your limb system, and it's not hard, and um, you don't have to um, have a lot of muscle to do it. Lymph drainage. There's a woman who, they call her the Lymph Queen. This is kind of her thing. Um, She talks, she has a video. If you want to watch the video, it's on my website on the lymph blog. So if you go to the lymph blog, you'll get the link to the lymph video. And it's something super easy. You can do it for five minutes a day. I do it every single morning. So I want everyone to... Raise your hands, take your two middle fingers, okay, cross your, and go right under your clavicle and then just kind of pump. This is your toll booth for your lymph system. And you just kind of push down, not hard, and just kind of pump, 10 pumps, right? That's the, you're clearing the toll booths of your lymph system, right? The second, part is right behind your ears. You just kind of push up 10 times. That's the second sort of toll booth, right? And then you go down your body. I will tell you by the time I finish that every morning, it's like the fog clears and I feel so much better for the day. So that's a super easy thing you can do just to help your lymph. You know, there's different places, but it's on the video. So I just don't want to take the time for it now. Yeah. Um, Dry skin brushing. You know, get a $5, one of those um, brushes for the shower and, you know, brush along your body before you get in the shower in a way that um, is towards your heart. You know, I kind of start down and I go up and... The woman who is the Lymph Queen, she's got a couple of videos on dry brushing, so you can go on her site. It's called notmeds.com. So if you wanna um, direct link to her site, that's a great thing. And then of course, exercise sweating. You know, are you getting your heart rate up? Are you taking that brisk walk? Are you um, getting your heart rate up to at least above probably 120, so you're sweating to move your lymph? Infrared sauna, you know, you can, there's lots of um, low-cost infrared saunas. Um, this is something that's very important for people with certain medical issues. Otherwise, as long as you're sweating, um, that's all you need. And I talked about rebounders. And then this one, I call it, this is my term, two, three, stepping with your heels. So you go up on your toes and you go boom, boom, up boom 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 so everybody get up and do it okay right okay so come up on your toes go down hard twice boom boom up boom 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 do it again up boom boom up boom 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 okay see a difference I will tell you, if I do that three, four, five times a day when I think about it, I don't have the legs swelling at night. Okay? So if you're one of those people that gets swollen legs, you know, I just have an issue where my body doesn't, my lymph doesn't clear. If I do that, then by 7, 8 o'clock at night, I don't get the swollen legs, and my legs don't hurt. So it's a super easy thing you can do. Okay. Moving on from the lymph to brain health, right, that's one of the really, really important things that we want to focus on because if you don't have your brain, right, it's hard to really do much of anything else. So one of the major drivers, if the main main driver besides mercury, is insulin resistance. If you have a lot Of insulin in your system, right, due to a lot of carbs and sugars and processed foods and inflammatory oils that we talked about yesterday, guess what? You are much more prone to beta amyloid plaques in your brain, right? Dale Bresiden, he is the guy. He's the Alzheimer's guy. He wrote that book. You may have heard me talk about it two years ago, um, The End of Alzheimer's. It's a great book. It's very complex you just want to read a four-paragraph synopsis, go on my blog and, you know, put in Alzheimer's and you'll find it, right, for the synopsis of what he talks about. Dale Bresiden. I'll put up a quote by him so you'll see how to spell his name in a second. Um, But he says, carbs, sugars, alcohols, inflammatory oils, all evil for the brain. Mm -hmm. And if you want to hear him, he's been very generous with his time. And if you go on the peoplespharmacy.com, he's ha- he has a couple podcasts where he talks about all the different types of Alzheimer's and um, how to combat it. But insulin resistance is the main thing because high insulin levels damage the blood-brain barrier. Right? So that's why it's important and to think about What am I putting in my mouth on a daily basis? And so many times we just think about, well, this is bad for me, and, you know, well, I'm 10 pounds heavier, so what? But maybe it's not about your weight, right? Maybe it's about are you feeding inflammation or not, and how is this affecting your brain, your liver, your pancreas? To think about all your organs, because I think so many times we just think about our weight, or how we feel, right? Rather than the health of all the organs that the Lord gave us and how do we keep those in the best possible shape, right? Because a healthy brain requires intentional nutrition, right? And they talk about we shouldn't wonder why those in nursing homes and jails have really bad behavioral issues, because right? they're serving high sugar diets with really um, high levels of inflammatory oils, and this is a this is Dale Bredesen. Alzheimer's is a pandemic without a vaccine. He says the reason there's not a drug is because it's like you have thirty eight holes in the roof of your head when you have Alzheimer's. So drug may fix one of those holes, but what about? the other 37, right? That's why the question from yesterday is not what can I take, what's the driver, what's underneath, and can I fix that? The foundation is your lifestyle, your diet, right? What you're doing on a daily basis. He talks about the five different types of Alzheimer's, which we don't have time to cover today, and that's above my pay grade, right? But. Um, he does talk about that COVID has killed over 500,000 Americans and Alzheimer's will lead to death in nearly a hundred times that of currently living Americans. Okay? So it's big statistics. It's a complex disease where the brain is trying to protect itself from inflammation, toxins, pathogens, mold, heavy metal exposures. And if you hear Dale President on one of his podcasts, he says... A Western doctor, I never thought I'd be talking about heavy metal toxins and mold, right? When people would ask me that 10, 15 years ago, I'd be like, hmm, right? But it's a real thing. And I'm going to talk about those in a few minutes. So this is one of his quotes. Here's how to spell his name for those who asked. 21st century medicine is about asking why. Why is the problem there and getting at the root of it instead of just putting a Band-Aid on it? Letting the system function normally for a long time puts you at an increased risk for multiple medical problems, right? That's why we have to look at the drivers. So how do we, just a little synopsis of how do we improve our brain health? Lower insulin resistance. And I may sound like a little bit of like a broken record, but the research is clear. Time-restricted eating. Don't eat out of that 10-hour window. Eat have fasting period every day, 14 hours a day, if you can. You know, if you miss something here and there, that's okay. But if you're eating in a 12-hour window or a um, 10-hour window, you're not giving your organs, your pancreas, especially your brain, time to rest and reset. And you'll hear him speak that if you have early stages of dementia or Alzheimer's, you really should be eating in a six hour window or eight hour window, giving your brain a lot, much longer time to rest and reset. Right? That's not a big percentage of us here, but for those who um, may know people in that situation. And then keeping carbs, sugars to a minimum. Consider heavy metals and mold, or what we call mycotoxins, the product of that. And testing, if, if that's suspected, you should test and then there's protocols for binding and detox. And what's interesting is that mold is a real thing. I'll talk about that more next on the next slide. And many of us are exposed to mold through buildings that we're in or mold spores. And you think if you move, that you're fine, but if you have lived in that environment for a while or you've been exposed on a continual basis, the mold starts to take hold and grow in your body, which leads to things such as Alzheimer's, cancer, you know, other things we want to avoid. And then PPIs, which you heard me talk a lot about yesterday, proton pump inhibitors, which lower um, nutrient absorption, B12, zinc, copper, which compromise the brain. Right? And there's quite a few other researchers that talk about mercury and the link between mercury and Alzheimer's. And one in particular, he says he thinks almost 95% of Alzheimer's cases are caused by mercury, right? Because it gets trapped... It builds up in the brain which leads to those beta amyloid plaques and any element that penetrates the brain, it's, it's an element that penetrates the brain easier than any other one. Right? So check your fillings, please. If you have mercury fillings, make sure you go to someone who's able to deal with it safely and effectively. mercury lead you know fillings it could be in the environment it could be even in uh, if you're eating a lot of fish a lot of farmed fish you know right so there's like lots of different types of mercury um You all laugh, but as I was on the elliptical, I was listening to a mercury expert this morning talk about all the different ways to test for mercury. And sometimes your physician will just test your blood. And that's not specifically the type that you have to test your urine. You have to test stool. You have to test blood to test for different types of mercury. And because sometimes, and this is something brand new, I just learned this morning, that you can test... Um, in your urine, and it can be low, but sometimes you've had it so long that it compromises your kidneys, and it doesn't show up, right? So that's why if you suspect it, you have to go to someone who knows about these types of things. Um, I'm just telling you kind of all that I've learned and gleaned over the last two years. This is not my specialty, Um, but it's something to be aware of. um that again is not my specialty but i would i would research a functional medicine doctor who does that have you heard any correlation between alzheimer's and aluminum there is some research on that but again not my exact specialty it's more about mercury okay. so mold Mold was even in the Bible, Leviticus 14, and a few of the mold conferences that I went to, they actually—they're not Christian conferences—they actually quoted um, Leviticus 14. And um, I'll get a little personal here, and uh, it's all about courage, right? Courage. She talked about that today, and and um, I was—I went to a conference a couple years ago with Jeffrey. Uh, in New Orleans, in the South, and the hotel next to me was being excavated, and within 24 hours, my tongue turned black. Right? And I went back to my ENT, and he said, oh, I think you got mold. But he, Western doctor, he didn't know how to, you know, lovely doctor, but didn't know how to deal with it. He put me on antibiotics, and I thought that was the end of it. Well, there wasn't the end of it. And shortly, when COVID hit, all the effects of the mold started to hit in my body. right? And so I quickly had to learn how to deal with mold, how to detox. It was something that I never really even believed in. And um, someone mentioned to me, I kind of thought, oh, that's interesting. But like, that's interesting, that's a little nuts, right? And um, but it's a real thing. Mold is a real thing. And if you have it, it's an illness that is something to consider because it can be the driver in so many things that you're not aware of, you know. And now that I, it's on my radar, all the conferences I've been to, um, you know, one thing I asked the Lord, why is this happening to me? And he's like, because you're going to help a lot of people, right? And a young girl came to me. Her gut was completely shut down. She wasn't able to go to the bathroom for 10, 10 12 days at a time. And I said to her, have you ever been exposed to mold? She looked at me, you know, cause she'd been to like five different GI doctors. She said it was, there was black mold in my dorm room. Mm. You know, so we had her tested. Mold, uh, you know, off the charts, like eight different types of mold, right? And so thank goodness i had had all this background and, we started her on the protocols. I called her physician because you know I want him on board, and he said, "Susan, he's a, he's a nice man." That was very smart. You know, we'll do it together, and um, you know, it's just something really, really important I think for everyone to think about. So, if you've lived in a moldy home or been exposed to it, even in the workplace, the spores can be ingested and live in your body for years, right? And mold illness is complex, but it can manifest itself in so many issues, gut issues, asthma, histamines, headaches, and kidney and liver cancer. So how do you deal with mold if you have it? There's two labs in the United States, Real Time and Great Plains. I actually think Great Plains is much uh, more accurate. So I've taken a lot of conferences that they give to educate professionals in it and depending on the type of mold there are different binders there's activated charcoal bentonite clay chlorella but a host of other ones but you have to bind the mold so it has to come out of your cells right and it goes into the bloodstream and then you have to detox it so a lot of people think oh I'll just you know since I'm out of that environment I'm fine but if you have unexplained illnesses, this is something to consider if you know you've been had mold exposure in the past, right? And I call it a marathon, not a sprint. It's a year to a year and a half of treatment and being very uh, patient throughout that process. So moving on to liver health, right? How do you help the organ that is so involved in detoxing so many different functions and reactions in the body? Because we have to take care of our livers. The one wonderful thing about the liver, it's the only organ in your body that can truly regenerate itself. So when the liver is damaged and you end up having more of a healthy lifestyle, it can regenerate itself in in a really beautiful way. Except if it's you know too far gone, mm-hmm. new with alcoholism and um, other addictive substances. So we think we know about alcoholic fatty liver disease, but the one that is actually overtaking that is non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, and they think that 25% of Americans now have it. Believe it or not, a huge portion of the population that have it is 5- to 10-year-olds. Wow. Yeah. If you hear Robert Lestig, he is all over the net. He's a pediatric endocrinologist from UCSF. He's written multiple books about it. And um, he has a kind of an angry streak about him because he's so passionate about it. But he really talks about the dangers of sugar and fructose and processed foods, and um, you know, he says this young generation, they're growing up on packaged processed foods with lots of sugars, and and um, their little bodies can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And you think about it, I mean, when, you know, we were growing up, I mean, my parents can assess this, you know, we didn't really have a lot of sugars. I mean, I was the family baker, but you know, maybe I had a ding-dong every once in a while, but that's a far different cry from what young children are eating like now, you know, and they're eating juice and sodas and, um, you know, jamba juice and all the different coffee drinks and, you know, multiple times a day, they're being exposed to sugars and the body is trying to help. So what happens is all that glucose fructose gets shuttled to the liver and over time, the liver just can't handle anymore and it starts to get fatty. And then it becomes cirrhotic. And here's the thing, you may think you're just fine. The liver function tests do not show up till it's almost too late. right? So have your liver function tests checked on a yearly basis. Your, your physicians normally does, ALT, AST, those are the two liver functions. But Just because it's normal doesn't mean you're in the clear. And of course, just like everything else, liver health is tied to insulin resistance, type 2 diabetes, gut issues, and gout. And one thing, if you have gout, a very common driver is carbs, sugars, alcohol. So that's something to, to be aware of. And also one blood test to have checked on a yearly basis is your uric acid, right? And if your uric acid levels are over 5, 6, you're at a high risk for gout. And I will tell you from all the patients that I've had, you do not want to get gout. It is very, very painful. Mm -hmm. I do. It's in the blog. So just check my blog. Yeah. So moving on to environmental toxins, something I never thought I'd be talking about two years ago. Mm-hmm. But here we are. It's like spotting the, the quandary in the haystack. So we talked about clean food. And now we're going to talk a li- just a little bit about clean air and clean water. So there's a lot of unregulated contaminants in our water. And this is something I don't think that I took seriously enough till recently when I would attend all these conferences. And for years, I live in Santa Monica. You know, if you look, they have to publish the water report. Santa Monica water is awful, right? It has a lot of um, contaminants in the water. And... If you look at the report, you'll see what the levels are, but here's a couple examples. Arsenic, one called HAA5, chromium-6, pesticides, pharmaceuticals, super high in the water. You may be getting antibiotics, antidepressants, all kinds of things in your water that you never dreamed of. And those are linked to major health issues, cancer, thyroid conditions, bone disease, liver, Kidney problems, allergies, gut issues. So how do you protect yourself? There's a lot of water filters out there. Um, One that I like, this is, I put this up here on purpose. This is a company, I'm not, I don't work for them or anything, but I like them because this is a BPA-free water bottle, and you can put uh, tap water in it, and there's the filter. So as you're drinking it, you're getting filtered water. So that's an easy thing. And then you're not walking around with a uh, plastic water bottle with, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of the water in, in, uh, that you're buying in plastic is just tap water. So that's a really, really important thing. Um, it's clearly filtered. Clearlyfiltered.com. It's a good company, they have ones that sit on the counter, they have these. Um, if you want wanted under one for your house, there's, um, Berkeley is a good one, I mean, there's all kinds of water filters, but research one that works for your, your house, that also works, so that you can use it in the shower, because if you just... Just because you're not drinking it, if you're showering in contaminated water every day, that can affect you in ways that um, you're not aware of. The key is with finding a water filter, you want to make sure that it has the capability or additional filters that filter out fluoride. Mm-hmm. So you can get a lot of them, it's 99% all metal, metals out of the water. But so make sure that it's specific with fluoride. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them like Berkey. The Berkey, yeah. It's okay. Um, the longer it takes to run the water through, the more it's, you know, it's, it's working. When you have a filter and it's running through and, you know, no time plastic. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, we did a uh, we did Jeffrey and I did a test where we had the clearly filtered and someone a friend was in our house and they had the regular Brita, which is very suboptimal. I'll just say that. that. And um, we had him do a test, and we gave him two different waters, and he he saw the difference, and he went out and got one. So, so besides clean water, you know, make sure you think about researching a water filter. Right? Consider your air. Right? We live in an old house, and so we invested in two very high-level air filters that filter a lot of different contaminants in the air. It has made a huge difference. I I used to wake up with headaches, you know, sinus headaches. I don't do that as much anymore. So that's a big deal. There's quite a few on the market. Um, Find one that works for you. Look at what it filters. Look at the square footage. What else can you do to lower environmental toxins and burdens besides filtered air and water? Organic non-processed foods. We talked about that yesterday. Non-toxic cleaning products and personal care products. Right? Are you one of those people that has those plug-ins in your house? If you are, throw them away when you get home. They are really bad for you. They have a lot of phytates and all kinds of things in them that are not good for you. The average female puts 400 chemicals on her face every morning. Right? Not in a good way. I'm actually about to write a beauty blog with all my research on that. So for people that want are interested in that, hopefully in the next month or two, that will be out. It's taken me quite a few months to research that that's why I haven't written it yet. So what did you say? Plugins? Plugins. Like those plugins that um, freshen up the air. Oh. right. Oh. Yeah. yeah, but uh, that's going to be a long conversation. So that, that'll be in the blog. Right. Um, turn off your Wi Fi at night. I talked about that. Less cell phone use. Do not put your cell phone up to your head. Right? Use a cord or put it on speaker, right? That's a much better way so you're not getting those EMFs close to your brain, right? Turn off stressful news on the TV, right? Jeffrey and I got rid of our TV two years ago. Right, and it's been gorgeous. (laughs) so much less stress. If there's something important, you know, we'll find out about it. Meditation, prayer, community, things that we're all missing. But those bring down the charge in your body and help, help your vagus nerve, help your, your adrenals, help so many things in your body. So how do you clean up your toxins that you lower what's called endocrine disruptors? Consider your environment, what you put in and around your body, lotions, air fresheners, cleaners. There's 90,000 chemicals in this country alone, which unfortunately can hijack your hormones. You know, and, and sometimes you have to do this slowly, right? Think about when you pick up something at the grocery store, right? Is this natural or not? What are the chemicals in it? What's it doing? Right? Only you can answer that. But if you do this slowly over time as your budget allows, it can be really helpful for your system. BPA, bisphenol A, it's every canned food and plastics, right? It can hijack your hormones. Even receipts from the grocery store. A couple years ago, for my credit card machine at the office, I actually got BPA free paper. Now it's all virtual, but I was being intentional because, you know, 10 times a day I'd be touching receipts with BPA in them, And unfortunately, these chemicals hijack your hormones and may be affecting you in ways you don't even realize. It's BPA-free. Yeah. Glyphosate Roundup. So what's interesting is in Europe, the allowable... Glyphosate is 0.2 parts per billion in crops. In the United States, it's 2.8. Okay? So, even though you may not know much about those numbers, you can see there's a huge difference. And what happens with wheat is there's a lot of weeds. So, glyphosate, Roundup, is used at the end to kill the weeds. Right? And unfortunately, glyphosate, not only it's a pesticide, but it also is an antibiotic. So if you're eating a lot of wheat on a daily basis, especially inorganic or not organic wheat, guess what? You're getting antibiotics introduced to your gut multiple times a day, and we know what that does in terms of gut health. So there's these tight junctions in our gut, like we talked about yesterday, that protect you from toxins, and if you're having glyphosate introduced into your system on a daily basis, remember those tight junctions start to become loosened, which can lead to things getting through, which your body doesn't like, which can cause lots of different stomach issues manifested in multiple ways, which increases inflammation. And one of the major things is autoimmune. So avoid gluten, right? This is a hard one. When you walk in every grocery store, what do you see? It's all gluten, right? Cookies, cakes, breads, crackers. I mean, we're just bombarded, right? And there's a protein in, in gluten that the human gut does not digest very well which is a direct correlation to leaky gut so part of this is you know you have to decide what's right for you I've decided to avoid those foods because I have enough issues (laughs) with mold and and other medical issues that this is the decision I've made it's a hard one I won't say it's easy it's not easy to be gluten-free and if you decide to eat gluten, to have <coughs> organic wheat, which has a lot less, or hopefully none. Mm-hmm. So that slide said to avoid gluten free products. It says avoid all processed gluten free products. I meant gluten products. Thanks for catching that. That's why I love this crowd. <laughs> Okay, so what about health supports? We've all heard many, many more things over the last two years than we did before. If shortly after COVID hit, if you went to the store and tried to find vitamin C, elderberry, zinc, uh, it was out, right? So what do these things, these supports really do and are they important? Well, first of all, if your diet has a lot of carbs and sugars and inflammatory foods, it's kind of like, why bother with these things? Because right? you've already got all that inflammation going, and they may not help you. So part of it is having, as we talk about um, in you know, many of our circles, having a solid foundation. That's your diet. That's your lifestyle. That's the things you can do. Take care of your vagus nerve. Take care of your lymph. And then this, these supports would be on top of that. So including things in your diet that have antioxidants like vitamin A, D, E, and K. I'm going to cover all these in a little more detail. And antiviral, which you may have heard of during COVID, called quercetin. Minerals, magnesium, zinc, selenium, and then some other nutrients like B vitamins, NAC, alpha-lipoic acid, and glutathione. Vitamin A helps maintain the barriers in the respiratory and gastrointestinal tract. And some of these things you don't have to take every day. You know, maybe you take vitamin A a couple times a week, right? or not if, you have, if you're eating a ton of vegetables, like we talked about yesterday, you may not need that. Vitamin C protects us from viruses. I mean, remember Linus Pauling. Uh, and shortens them if you get sick. And I heard a really wonderful physician who worked in the ICUs in New York shortly after COVID hit. You know, even before there was a vaccine. And he talked about how vitamin C really cleans up, mops up the cytokine storm. And what he was doing was when people came in the ICU with with COVID, he would just give them IV vitamin C, like you know, as much as their bodies can handle, right? And then also, tur- he talked about turning them over so that um, it would lessen respiratory problems, right? So I've had a lot of patients get COVID and I'm like, pump up the vitamin C, you know, take as much as your gastrointestinal in- tract will handle. Buffered vitamin C is much more bioavailable to the body. So that's the one I would get. Buffered. Buffered. Vitamin D, the antibiotic vitamin. Um, It's the most, really the most important nutrient to modulate the immune system. Those with the lowest levels of vitamin D had the poorest health outcomes with COVID. Direct correlation. There's also, again, inverse correlation between insulin resistance and vitamin D. So if you have lower than 35, Get your D level checked every day. I don't know why, but a lot of physicians still don't check it. Make sure to ask that that's added to your blood work. If your levels are low, you need to be taking vitamin D. And make sure you take it with a fat-containing meal because it is a fat-soluble vitamin. So in order for it to be absorbed, it needs to be taken with a meal with fat. And because it's like an awake vitamin, you want to make sure you take it in the morning or around lunch. Don't take it at dinner or at night because there's a possibility of it keeping you awake. Right? Okay? Like That's usually for people with um tendency for osteoporosis. Right? Dk. every day? No, every year. Oh, sorry, I actually think it's a good idea to check it twice a year, like in the winter and the summer, because it can vary depending on the season. What did you say about the D-K connection? Oh, that she was asking about, that I usually recommend vitamin D-K combo for people with a predisposition towards osteoporosis, because K is really important for bones. Okay. Hmm? And I usually like people's vitamin D to be over 50 or 60 because that really helps your immune system. And there's quite a bit of research that if your D is over 70, there's like a 70 to 80% less risk of cancer. Hmm. Uh, What about sunlight? I I heard sunlight, Uh, Right, the sunshine vitamin. A lot of times, we don't live in close enough proximity to the equator. So you can be out in the sun but not really get enough. And if you have uh, darker skin, usually you're not absorbing as much as you could otherwise. But (laughs) forgive me for this, you asked. I heard this researcher during COVID who was giving a lecture on vitamin D. And he said, if you really want to get enough vitamin D from the sun, you have to be outside, naked, in the direct sun for an hour. <laughs> yeah, so I guess, so after I heard that, I think it was, you know, a, an option for most of us. <laughs> Well, because it's a fat-soluble vitamin, yes. But most people, it's very hard to get too much. And that's why it's good to have it checked twice a year. Mm -hmm. But, like, I was taking a little too much, and I just stopped it for, like, a month, and I measured it, and my levels dropped almost by half. So that's why sometimes, you know, you have to find the right amount for your body and then have it measured. Mm-hmm. It's much more significant than D. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's asked about vitamin A. That it, this fat-soluble vitamins A, E, D, and K can be tied to liver toxicity, but it's very rare. There's only been a couple case studies, really, that I even know about with vitamin A and vitamin D, K. Every person's different in how much they need, right? And that's why it, the importance of testing. Is that sufficient, to, like, or Well, it depends on how much vitamin D is in your capsule and how you're taking it and, again, what your levels are. Oh, having it with fat. Oh, yes. No, it's important. Thank you for clarifying. To have it with a fat-soluble a, a meal that contains fat, like avocado. So it's not enough. It's not enough. It's right. So then, you, okay. For the reporting purposes, when someone asks you a question, could you repeat it? Sure. She's asking, Is do you have to have a fat-containing meal with the vitamin D supplement? And yes, you do. Any other questions on vitamin D? Because it's an important one. Um, I take it at the same time I take a fish oil. So does that count? Does it? It's hard to say. What's the question? Uh, she's asking if she takes it at the same time as her fish oil. Is that enough D? I think it's good to take fish oil. Not as important. But with D, take it with a meal. And take it sometime before... Noon one, two, because again, it's wake it's an awake hormone. What are some other supports for immunity? Vitamin E? Susan? I'm, just, I'm sorry, I'm just seeing people. Uh, Linda, do you have a question? No, I was just going to comment. She mentioned the COVID outcomes for people with good vitamin D levels. Mm-hmm. Right. So 50, basically, if you get it, you won't die. Right. So, I, I'm, you know, not a guarantee, but it No, it's very, she's very, cl- she's very on the research, yeah. So, vitamin E also helps with viral infections. I don't usually recommend a vitamin E supplement, but because you can get it very easily in your diet with enough nuts and seeds and um, other healthy fats. Zinc, as we know, dramatically helps with viral infections, respiratory illness, pneumonia. If you're on a diuretic or an ACE inhibitor, it can possibly deplete your zinc. That zinc is hard to check in the blood and it may not be accurate. So if you're on one of those two types of medications, you might need a Zinc supplement on a regular basis. So, I was recommending to my mother in law through COVID because she's in her 80s that she had recently had a heart attack, and the medication they had her on said, not take zinc on this medication. I don't know if it's possible. if you are on any medications that zinc is negatively... Right. Always a good thing to check with the pharmacist. Thank you for thank you for that comment. How long can you take the zinc? It's very... It, it's hard to say. I mean, it really depends on your medical physiology. If you're not taking any kind of antibiotics. I mean, zinc a couple times a week can be helpful. Hmm? Magnesium, one of the most neglected, undervalued nutrients. There are many types of magnesium. The one that's usually at CVS or Costco is not the one. (laughs) That's usually oxide or citrate. Those are ones that rip up your gut. (laughs) The one that I like is magnesium glycinate. It actually boosts the absorption of vitamin D, but it's actually very helpful for sleep overnight. So this is one you want to take before bed, and it helps with sleep, it helps with calming, helps with your hormones, and it's involved in over 300 enzymatic reactions in the body, which help blood glucose, blood pressure, nerve function, metabolism, etc., there's so many brands. It's hard to it's hard to tell you. Oh, glycinate. G L Y C I N A T E. And these are the different deficiencies in vitamin in, excuse me, in magnesium. If you want some different food sources, nuts, seeds, Swiss chard, spinach, avocados, wild fish, dark chocolate. Over 75% Grass-fed dairy products. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bump up the speed because we're running out of time. Quercetin, that's one that's very important with COVID. It's very antiviral. It can also assist with the histamine response and allergies. It controls oxidative damage. It is in foods, but only 25, 50 milligrams. And usually during COVID, we have people taking like 500 milligrams twice a day, so it's very hard to get that amount in food. Other nutrients, your B vitamins. If you have a gene, um, the MTHFR gene, it means your body doesn't metabolize folic acid appropriately, so you have to take a um, a different type of folic acid called L-methylfolate, and that's very important in lowering homocysteine levels which helps with heart disease. If you want more information about that, um, see me later. NAC and glutathione. So N-acetylcholine and glutathione are actually very potent detoxifiers in the body. And they help your liver health, they bind mercury, and um, they actually help with detoxifying mold as well. So those things are are good to have in your um, medicine cabinet, if needed. Alpha-lipoic acid, this is a very important one for people with diabetes who may have neuropathy because it helps with nerves. Also, it's a great detoxifier. And then selenium, it's a mineral that also helps bind mercury and lower intestinal inflammation. So how do you take control of what you can? Right. What is the one thing in your diet that you can change, or your movement, or your environment. right? And part of this process is also changing your neural pathways. That's all about the brain. right? And that's really hot in the research right now. The average person has 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day, and 80% of those are negative. Right? So how do you change your self-talk through hope, in the Lord, right? Luke 12, 25. Who by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Hmm? I once heard it said, uh, worry is, is uh, taking responsibility that God never gave you. Hmm? I used to tell my, gr- my grandmother that. She laughed and she said, yeah, you're right, Susan. And we've, he- we've heard these verses so many times. We've heard them so many times we forget how important they are. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Because gratitude really helps your whole body system. It reshapes your brain. It helps with healing in your body. And then something called grounding. And they've also referred to it as Japanese forest bathing. And first I thought, oh, do you have to run through the forest in Japan naked? No, you do not have to do that. Um, But walking outside in Mount Hermon, touching the leaves, touching the trees, um, it actually helps with um, EMFs in your body. During COVID, I was in the house on Zoom all day long, and when I heard about this, I'd take off my socks. I'd go outside and touch the trees and um, touch the earth. It really does help you feel better. Helps your immune system, helps your sleep, helps your mood. So here's your checklist. This is the Dwight manifesto. He always tells me I need to do that. He's sitting right over there. Look at the integrity of your diet. Are you eating organic foods with with lack of pesticides? Do you need to lower your sugar, your refined carbs? How many different vegetables can you get in the course of a week? Do you need to consider? time-restricted eating, having a longer fast overnight? Can you incorporate some lymph clearing and work out your vagus nerve? Can you move or exercise most days of the week? And what supplements do you need to add to your already fantastic lifestyle? Hmm? So which of these things do you need to improve? And maybe you just pick one thing that you need to focus on Per week or per month, right? And notice what changes you have. Because the old way of going to the doctor, getting a pill, doesn't work. Doesn't result in permanent change. Our world has changed completely and we need a different way. So I'd like to give you 10 seconds of silence and think about what is your one pearl that you're going to take away from yesterday and today, that you feel like you can immediately go and change. Those are my books. And we have time for questions. So thank you for your wonderful attention. I'm ready for questions. And I welcome anybody that wants to share their pearl about what they're gonna change.